welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right, well, I have the opportunity of kicking off this brand new series called Empower. It's, uh, it's on all things Holy Spirit, so we're going to dive into that. Uh, man, I, I love this topic of the Holy Spirit, and I got to be honest, so first service, it was a struggle. We, 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 we labored through, through uh, the message, and uh, I'll say this, it, it's, it's a big topic. There's a lot to cover, and when I think about the Holy Spirit, at times it's not an easy thing to actually uh, talk about and digest. It, it, there's, there's milk topics, which are easy to digest, and then there are things that are more meatier. This is a meatier topic, and so as I sh- share just know, like I, I realize you're going to be chewing on some spiritual meat. There are, there are some deeper things that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer to you this morning. You got to be ready for it. And so if you came back thinking, hey, it's vacation, it's, it's holiday weekend, we're just going to have a nice easy one, not going to happen. Not gonna, you got to lean in spiritually. You can be relaxed, but you got to lean in spiritually and be ready for, for what God's going to do. But again, this is one of, one of my most favorite topics to, to, to talk about. I love all things Holy Spirit. Um, I'll say this. I think a lot of you are ready for more. You're ready for more. And I'll say this. When I say more, more doesn't mean that, that, that the preacher preaches better, okay? That's always good. We'll, we'll, we'll take some more of that, right? But more means that your heart is open to the things of the Spirit. More means that you are leaning in spiritually and you're saying, God, I want more. I'm going to feed myself at times. The preacher's great. Worship's great. This is all great. But God, I need to feed myself. I'm ready for, for more. I'm hungry for more. So we're going to chew on some, some things that, that they're going to help you digest more. Um, I think... If you guys are with me, I think that this, this campus is ready for a spiritual breakthrough. I think we're ready for a spiritual breakthrough. Here's what made me that, especially if you're new. We, we got a good thing going on, and we understand that, that what God has done at the Shockley campus, it's great, it's dynamic. We, we love the feel, we love the environment, but sometimes selling for good robs you of receiving the great. God has great things for us. There is something better and greater. Not that what we have is bad, but we know that there is something more that God has for us as a campus. So it starts with individuals saying, God, I'm hungry for the things of your spirit. I'm hungry for more. And for some, this is going to stretch you. I already mentioned it, but, but God operates in the supernatural. We live in a natural, my body, but then there is a supernatural, a spiritual realm that God operates within. We need to be able to venture into the supernatural so that, so that the supernatural impacts the natural. What happens in the supernatural realm with, with the Holy Spirit is going to have a direct impact upon your body, physical presence and, and environments that, that God is moving in. So we, we, we connect and we invite God into our space and great things happen. And so, um, again, I just think about the, the challenge of this. There's, there's nuances. There is theological perspectives. There is upbringing. There's different denominations, d- different teachings that we hear in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm going to try to give you a very yeah, introductory week, but yet it's going to be meaty. Malaya Foundation for hopefully weeks two and three that we're going we're gonna to culminate on, on Pentecost Sunday, which is Acts chapter two, which I'll, just, I'll read about in just a little bit. But there's a lot here to discern, to grab hold of. So I need you to have an open heart and an open mind, and I need to pray. Let's pray. Father God, we need you. God, we need your Holy Spirit active in this environment, in this place. God, I, I, don't, I don't pretend to have it all figured out. So God, I need you to speak through me. God, not my words, but your words. And God, I pray that as, as I share your truth, that God, your Holy Spirit would then take what is being shared. And God, I pray you dissect it and break it down for each individual. 
God, you know, you know what we can pallet spiritually. God, for some, we've been in, in our faith for 20, 30, 40 years. For others, we're two weeks in. God, I pray that you help us uh, put it into bite-sized pieces for what we're capable of, of palating and swallowing. So Lord, I pray, illuminate our minds. Holy Spirit, speak to us, flow through us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. This, uh, you are awake. I love this crowd already. This is good. Okay, I want to lay some groundwork real quick. I want to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. So very, very quickly, again, kind of elementary, but we're going to build up. Holy Spirit is, is the third part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is, is, is a vital part of, of who we are. It's a vital part of creation. We're going to see it in just a little bit. But the Holy Spirit is meant to be experienced in its full. Uh, the Trinity is meant to be experienced in its full. God the Father, we get that. Jesus Christ the Son, we get that salvation. Uh, Holy Spirit, what do we do? So th there's a little bit of a of, of feeling of sensing the Holy Spirit that you have to be open to. Um, emotion is a part of it. Connecting your heart to, to the Holy Spirit is a part of it. Uh, I didn't share this first service, but uh, I, I want it to be shared. Salvation takes place in the heart that then transforms the mind. So God, God speaks to the heart. You can't, you can't rationalize and try to figure it out. How does salvation work and how does forgiveness of sins and the cross? And if you try to figure it out in your mind, it's going to leave you being more critical of thought than receiving what God wants to do in your heart. So salvation, Jesus enters into your heart and then that transforms your mind with the power of the word, right? Renewing of the mind. Um, the enemy wants to corrupt the mind, a heart in the heart. It's all in reverse. The enemy wants to plant thoughts and seeds and doubt in your mind, confuse your thinking, twist your thinking, uh, just drop things in that aren't of him. And then you're like, I think I want to believe that. I think that's true. I, th I think I should, I should subscribe to that, to that way of thinking or viewing the Bible or people or church or whatever. And then what does it do? That, 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 that thought that you grab hold of, that you believe, then begins to harden the heart. So our goal with the Holy Spirit is say, Holy Spirit, we're not trying to discern it with the mind and figure it all out. We're saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. This is where salvation takes place. This, this is where it all, it all happens, the genesis of, 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 of what God wants to do. So Holy Spirit, speak to the heart and let that let that transform how I think, how I view. Amen? That's how it works. And so the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit is co-equal and co-eternal with, with God the Father and with the Son Jesus. So they are, they've, they've always existed and they will always exist together. And they are co-equal. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are an equal playing field. Now we talk a lot about God, a lot about Jesus. Don't talk a lot about Holy Spirit. We're doing that for the next three weeks. But they are on the same playing field. They are co-equal. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think about water baptism. I think about that moment. So much is happening in that moment. For many of you, you are experiencing the Holy Spirit as you watch and participate in, in that baptism moment. We just had that last weekend, baptism moment. But you sense something, like there's something in the atmosphere that moves you. The Holy Spirit is meant to be felt and experienced and engaged. For some, you get emotional when you, when you are watching people take steps of obedience towards Jesus Christ. It just like... You are moved, whether you're, whether you're crying, whether you're worshiping, whether you're just so overcome with joy. There's something about that moment. And it's not just about uh, good, good feels or whatever. It's about the Holy Spirit in the place, in the room. We've created an environment as leaders to say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, move, be active among us. Way, way beyond what we see, way, way, way beyond what we, what we teach and talk about. Holy Spirit, be active, be speaking to people. Uh, I think about my... my my, my, I have two friends I'm going to highlight real quick, Danielle and Bill. Last weekend, I was in the water tank with John Hansen, and, uh, and Danielle jumps in. I think it was first service, 
and she's overcome with emotion. She is sobbing in the tank, right? Just so- I can't water baptize her when she's sobbing. She's going to drown. It's going to be awful, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, Danielle, what, what, what is God speaking to you? And she's like, and she shared it. It's very personal. I'm not going to share it, but she shared it, right? As she shared it, that's exactly what God was speaking to me for her in that moment. That was the Holy Spirit at work synergizing our hearts, hearing the same thing so that we could have that moment. So she's weeping and just bawling. I'm like, Danielle, this is all awesome, but you got to pull it together. We, we got to get water baptized. Let's go, right? So we water baptized her. It was a beautiful moment. And then uh, I think second service, my, my, my good friend Bill jumps in. Bill's here. He's, he's a big dude. He's about 6'5 or so. How many of you guys get nervous when big guys jump in the water tank with me? Anybody? Where's your faith? Oh my goodness, where's your faith? We have, there's, a, there's a hydraulic lift in the back that pushes the big guys out. It's all good. It's all good. So Bill jumps in and, uh, and I, I, Bill went to Haiti with me. Great guy. And, uh, and he, he gets in and he just starts, he starts, tears are streaming down. He's emotional. He's very emotional. And, and just, just as I looked at him, just God said, he, God said, I'm doing a new work. There's a new work taking place in Bill. We just talked before service. He's like, Pastor Chris, he's like, I couldn't hear a word you were saying. He's like, things just got really silent. It was crazy. That, that's like the short version of it. But God was doing so much in my heart and my mind and my spirit in that moment. Holy Spirit took over, right? It's, it's all good. They didn't hear what, hear what I said. Uh, but God was moving in Bill's life. I saw him after service. Again, last week in saw after service, 34 minutes later, he's still crying. He's still just moved by the Spirit. Um, and here's the thought. You can't get around the Spirit of God and not be moved. When you get close to the heart of God, you are moved, and usually there's emotion involved. Uh, hard hearts become soft. Um, 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 spirits or minds that, that are not discerning become discerning because the Holy Spirit is becoming active within your life. And it's, there's something dynamic when the Holy Spirit gets involved in our lives. Things, things come to life. We see things in, in HD, full color. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, water baptism. Last thought on that. We're, we're usually sharing a word or two as pastors. Uh, quick little word, but then we always say, and I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They go down, they come up, going down identifies with, with the life of Christ, dying, dying to ourselves. Jesus died, he comes up a new creation, resurrected. We resurrect with Christ, living new and afresh for Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. If you've never been water baptized, you have to do it. You have to do it. If, if, if you were baptized as a child, praise God for that. But similar to baby dedication, Someone is making that choice for you, right? And so we, we say, hey, as our children are being dedicated, at, at, at the right time, they're going to make a choice to follow Jesus. They're going to follow Jesus in water baptism. And so don't be embarrassed. Don't feel like, eh, I missed the boat. Don't feel like, ah, uh, it was good. Take a step in obedience. Jesus was water baptized as a grown man, making his own decision, saying, this is the right thing for me to do. And I follow Christ in water baptism. It's a beautiful thing. You got to do that. All right. So uh, the Holy Spirit uh, always works in unity with the Father and the Son. Again, the Holy Spirit is co-eternal, co-equal. I'm going to illustrate that for you through Scripture. It says this in John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus speaking, he says this, When the Spirit of truth comes, praise the Lord for the Spirit of truth, right? He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will declare to you the things that are to come. So two things to note here. 
Uh, Jesus says the spirit of truth will not speak on his own authority. So whose authority is he speaking on? He's speaking on the authority of God the Father and God the Son. They are in unity. They, they, are, they are synergizing together. There's something dynamic about the Trinity at play, Holy Spirit working with God the Father, God the Son, and there is something dynamic about that relationship. It also says this, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit is not speaking on his behalf in isolation. The Holy Spirit is speaking in unity with God the Father, God the Son, and God is speaking things over your life. God, 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 is, God is pronouncing things over your future. Jesus is, is, is interceding at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit is hearing what they're saying and then he's giving you guidance and counsel and perspective and understanding because what he, what, he, what he hears, he speaks to you. And that's, that's the beauty of it. When, when the Holy Spirit is active, all of a sudden we, we, have, we have a telephone wire. Uh, that's like old school, sorry. We have a telephone wire, okay, whatever, not a fiber optic line, okay. To God the Father in Jesus. And, and, and we begin to discern things and understand things, deeper truths, deeper revelations that we never heard before because now we are open to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit brings guidance, understanding, comfort, direction as he hears it from God the Father and Jesus the Son. They work in unity. They work in conjunction. It's a beautiful thing. It says this in, in uh, John uh, 16, again, verse 7, a, a, a few verses earlier. Nevertheless, Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for, for, I do not, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So that there's a lot of different names and terms that we use for the Holy Spirit, but essentially the Holy Spirit is the ultimate helper. The Holy Spirit helps you live out this, 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 this life of faith in, in, in a way that God has designed just for you. Now, the, God may be doing things in my life, um, that are scriptural and I, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm perceiving it through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is helping me live out the plan for my life. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside of you, not live out Chris Bechtel's plan, but live out the plan for your life. He helps you live out the, 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 this amazing life of faith that God has intended just for you. But we got to get connected to the Holy Spirit. We got to be open to the Holy Spirit so that he leads us and guides us. Uh, so who is the Holy Spirit for? The Holy Spirit is for everyone, yeah. everyone. Um, and when I say everyone, it is, it is God's desire is that every, every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So God's desire is that everyone, everyone in mankind would bow and take a knee and say, Jesus, you are Lord, right? Not everyone's going to do that, but, but every Christ follower, everyone that chooses to follow Jesus Christ then has access to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is amazing. What the Holy Spirit wants to do is bring about new life. And let me, let me show you that in Genesis chapter 1. The Holy Spirit has always been around. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was working in unity with God the Father and God the Son, and he was about to create in a dynamic, majestic way. And God, God began to speak. Again, verse 3, God began to speak, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. And, and what's interesting to know about when it says the Spirit of God was hovering, Spirit is also translated in, in, in its original text in Hebrew, translated into breath. So whenever, whenever you speak, guess what comes out of your mouth? Breath. 
So the breath of God began to flow and things began to emerge. Creation took place. So the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning of time, at the beginning of creation. The Holy Spirit is, it was also there at, at your conception. As God spoke your name into existence, guess what? The breath of God came out and, and the Holy Spirit began to create. There was activity, beautiful thing, right? And so we got to understand that, 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 that when, when God speaks, his spirit is alive and moving. And then the Holy Spirit becomes a, an agent of creation. We see and think about breath, uh, Good breath, bad breath. Not, not about that. Speaking of breath, Jesus, in I believe it's uh, Luke chapter 20, he, uh, he, uh, he reemerges. He, he's, he's resurrected. He appears to his disciples and he says, hey, he's like, don't worry. Peace be still. I'm with you. And then, and then, he's, and then he breathed on them. Scripture says his, his breath actually went out upon them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So there is something about the breath of God, the breath of Jesus that, 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 that the Holy Spirit then begins to move and we, things settle on us. We begin to see things, understand things. New things are brought to life. Again, creation story. Holy Spirit was there. Holy Spirit wants to create new things within you and it's a dynamic thing, but we have to be, have to be open to it. So when God speaks, he creates and the Holy Spirit is always involved. So from the very beginning of time to this very moment right now, the Holy Spirit has always been there ready to create, ready to comfort, ready to guide, ready to speak truth into our lives, ready to bring transformation and revivals into our heart. He wants to bring old things that, 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 that have passed away. He wants to bring new life to, to those areas of our lives, and we got to be open to it. The Holy Spirit was always meant to be engaged and experienced on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit changes everything, and we see this played out at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Um, it's, it, it is our most vivid description of what the Holy Spirit was meant to do within us uh, post-resurrection. So Jesus, again, he's saying, hey, uh, it's not good for me to be here. And guess what? It, it would be awesome if Jesus was still alive, right? Just to think about walking with Jesus, being connected to Jesus, seeing him on the news, following his Instagram. That would be amazing, right? But he said, guess what, church? I'm not supposed to be here. It's better for me to leave. It's better for me to, to go and, and as I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the, the, the helper, the comforter to guide you, to lead you. So what, what Jesus said is true. So we got to realize that, yes, we love Jesus. Yes, we love God. But he sent the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a vital part of, of, of our faith living, of our Christian living. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit comes. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what's interesting about this text is that uh, the sound of a mighty rushing wind came, but there was no wind. There was a sound of a wind, but, but what came in was the Holy Spirit, not wind itself. Tongues of fire rested upon people. What's interesting about that is that it wasn't actual real fire. It was, it was the, the, the symbolism, the spiritual symbolism of fire. So that no one was burning up. No, no, nothing was happening. Nothing was combustible in the natural, but spiritually, again, supernaturally, something was going on. There was a sound of wind, but there was no wind. There was a presence of God. There, 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 was, there was the appearance of fire, but it wasn't really fire. It was very, very much a supernatural spiritual thing. So God is moving and the spirit is moving and great things begin to happen. And what's interesting to note is that, is that everyone that was there in the room received. So what that tells me is that if you are waiting and expecting, you will receive. 
If you're not waiting and not expecting, you will not receive. So the Holy Spirit isn't going to come upon you in a way that, that, that you're not expecting or looking for, so to speak. You have to be open saying, God, I don't have it all figured out. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have all the scriptures memorized and I haven't done a big discourse of, of Holy Spirit and what it all means. But God, I'm open. I have expectation that you have more for me. God, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And God doesn't want you to be idle or complacent or cold. He wants you taking ground, moving forward, white hot with the power and presence and the fire of the Holy Spirit. So everyone that was there received, right? And so then also they, they, they began to speak in, in, in different languages. And for some, this, this kind of trips us up, but I'll just say this. Uh, I believe all of the gifts, we believe at River Valley Church, all of the gifts, spiritual gifts are at play. We're going to unpack those in, in, in the next two to three weeks. But every spiritual gift that is listed in the Bible, it is at play for today. I can tell you what, I speak in tongues almost every day. Uh, that, gift, that gift was given to me in college at a crucial moment of my life. But what happened before that was total surrender. I was broken. Uh, I, I, I had screwed my life up and not, not in a tragic way, but I had made way too many mistakes trying to live my version of what I thought was the right life. I said, God, I'm, I'm done living for me. I, I feel like I make mistakes every, every, every turn and every, every place that I go. So God, I surrender. And it was a total moment of brokenness. So I gave up control. I said, God, I just want more of you. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go anywhere, say anything, God. I want more of you. And it was in that moment that things began to change, that my hard guarded heart began to just be open to more of God. And, and, and then Holy Spirit came. And I'll tell you what, um, I, I had been raised in a great home Christian, Christian values, great mom and dad, but I never experienced anything supernatural, even though I was all around it. Church three, four times a week it was all around it, but I had never experienced a supernatural occurrence of the Lord myself until that very moment when the Spirit of God came upon me and that, that gift of tongues was there. That was my first moment where I felt like I experienced the supernatural power and presence of God and that God wants that for all of us. And so my thought is this for you today. We got a few more weeks and, and, and thereafter, be open to all of the gifts and say, God, I'm open. I'm hungry, God. There's got to be more. And again, it, there's some things that I wasn't raised in that way of thinking or I don't know what, what I think about that. Get hungry, dive in and, and, and chew on some meat and let God speak to you. But here's what Jesus said, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, speaking of the power that I just talked about in my own personal life. Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God desires that the Holy Spirit would fill you so that you have power to be a witness wherever he sends you. That is a part of the great commission. Jesus is like, I gotta go, but here's the deal. I can't save all these people. I'm not physically, I can't get to every place. So it's better that I go and you stay, but I'll give you the Holy Spirit because we can, we can multiply and, and reproduce Christianity all around the world. If you have the power that I have, I'm gonna give to you through the Holy Spirit. Now go, be, be empowered, be my witness to the ends of the earth. And so he's giving you that power, that authority, that, that ability, but we don't always walk around full of the power. We walk around trying to survive. And God's like, no, don't just survive. Be filled up with power and authority. I've, I've, given, you, I've given you power and authority over every, every earthly thing in Jesus' name. You can, you, you can speak to it, everything. But we have to understand and discern it through the Holy Spirit. And again, some of us, we are, we are starved of understanding and teaching of the Holy Spirit, but it is vital to who we are. And understand this, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it allows your faith to spread like fire. 
allows your faith to spread like fire. Because we, we see this, this tongues of fire illustrated, and it, it's a real thing. Uh, there is real passion with the fire. There's real vigor, real anointing. There's not lukewarmness. There's not hard-heartedness. There's not cold hearts. There's no passivity. There's no coasting, no idling, no spiritual numbness. When the Holy Spirit fills you, there is fire and there is power that comes out of you. Think about this. A lot of you, uh, you're, you're attracted to, to spiritual leaders that have fire and passion. When Pastor Gabby gets up and preaches, if you've never seen her preach on a Wednesday night, she brings fire and passion. Guess what? Is that Gabby's personality? Maybe a little bit. But is it the Holy Spirit active in her life? Absolutely. It's the Holy Spirit moving through her, coming out of her, speaking out. And, and again, a lot of parents you've sat in, you're like, oh my goodness, like she's a little fireball. Exactly. She is full of the fire and passion of Jesus. Right, Gabby? Right. She said, amen. All right, there it is. So when the Holy Spirit fills you, it is not like an uncontrolled burn or dangerous wildfire, but it is a prescribed burn subject to the leading of your heavenly father. There's something beautiful about a prescribed burn, a controlled burn. There's, there's a great benefit to that. My wife and I, we were out in Yosemite recently, last month actually, took a little trip out there. And uh, there's that beautiful picture of, 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 of the whole Yosemite and El Capitan is, is on the other side of that waterfall over there. Got another picture. I wanted to take a quick picture of my wife and I. This is one of our better pictures we took together. Just great smiles. Not blinded by the sun at all. It was, it was fine. But we took this picture and, uh, and, and we, just, we had a great moment. It was beautiful where we were at. But I'll tell you what, we, we were driving uh, through Yosemite and, and some of the areas uh, previous to that. And there is mass destruction. Uh, last year, about the same, uh, uh, the, 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 the Ferguson wildfires ravaged parts of California. And it was, I mean, there was a lot of wildfires last year, but, but there, was, there was this burn that just went uncontrolled wildfire that, that, that tore through all, all parts of Yosemite. And you see right there, there was charred trees all over it. In some places, trees were, were completely burned down to the actual stump. There was really nothing there. And it was, to me, as I drove through, I'm like, this is really sad. Like this, you could tell there was beauty. There was, there was just majestic beauty right here. And it's gone, like, like years, centuries old beauty has been wiped away by uncontrolled fires. And it just really, it kind of made me, it didn't mess with me, but it just made me sad. I felt down. And then we kept on driving and then we saw, we saw smoke, like, like smoke growing and getting bigger. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, is there more forest fires happening right now as we're driving in? All these people are going to drive right into a fire. And as we drove up, we realized that there was, there was uh, firefighters having a controlled burn. There was a prescribed burn that they were actually doing in this, in this key moment because they realized, hey, uh, the, the, the elements are right. The temperature, humidity, the wind speed, everything was right. The, 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 the actual stage was right for there, for there to be a controlled burn because firefighters, what they've discovered is that fires can have an extremely purifying process on nature. They burn off potential danger, down trees that, that, that have just been there. They're really dried out. Uh, they, they, uh, a prescribed burn actually clears out underbrush. There's ash that, 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 that gets charred and then, then becomes fertilizer for, for new life and new seed to germinate and grow uh, through, through, through uh, prescribed burns. Uh, spots within the canopy open up and there's fresh sunlight that, that's able to come in and, and promote new life and growth. So God, God designed nature to have prescribed burns, real burns, uh, that clear out things that are unhealthy that set the stage for new growth and new life. And God wants to have that same controlled burn and fire within you. And it comes through the Holy Spirit that is led by our Heavenly Father. 
dead things are burned off, uh, prepares the soil for new life. And then we see this played out in scripture, all throughout scripture real quickly, just so you understand the concept of fire and what God has, has meant that to be. Wherever there's fire in scripture, that, that, that is representative of God's spirit at work. God, a spirit, his spirit is at work whenever there's, there's fire mentioned. Moses in the burning bush in Exodus chapter three says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So his Holy Spirit is, is, is coming down to speak to Moses and they're having this amazing encounter. The bush isn't being burned up. It's a supernatural thing. The pillar of fire at night, when the Israelites are, are being led by Moses out, out, of, out, of capti- out of captivity, Exodus chapter 13 says, and the Lord went before them and by night a pillar of fire. So the spirit and presence of God is leading his people, leading, le- leading, leading his people out of captivity day by day, night by night by this pillar of fire. Isaiah predicts Jesus' return in Isaiah chapter 66. He says this, for behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like a whirlwind. Interesting. Acts chapter two, what was there? There was the sound of a wind and then there was fire. That's exactly how Jesus will come back. John the Baptist, he predicts Jesus' uh, coming when he says in Matthew chapter three, verse 11, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There's something about fire that is dynamic, that is spiritual, that God wants you to experience. And Jesus says this, Jesus brings the fire. He says in Luke chapter 12, verse 49, I come to cast fire on the earth and that it already be kindled. What is he saying? Jesus is saying that I come with the Holy Spirit fire that burns that purifies, that clears out all the rubbish, all the brush that, that's going to slow you down and ch- choke out new seed and new life. I, I come to bring that fire and I wish it was already happening. I wish that you were already kindled, uh, becoming purified, allowing new, new life, new seed, new fruit to actually come forth. That's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. So the Holy Spirit has always been active from the very beginning of time until today. And if you want to produce new fruit, if you want to spiritually grow, and if you want to have lasting impact, then it is up to you to allow the Holy Spirit to work in greater intensity, greater, greater depth, and it's a greater way that, that brings about the new life that you need, that we all need. God has it for all of us, and He wants it for all of us. Um, thinking about the illustration of trees, God, God at times will, will liken us to trees. In Psalms chapter one, he talks about us being trees planted by streams of living water. And so trees, we can learn a lot from trees. And uh, there's these great sequoias out, out in Northern California, right? There's these beautiful trees, some of, some of the oldest living things on, on, on the face of this earth. And uh, for, for decades, really, uh, they, they've been trying to protect these great sequoias from, from wildfires, like doing all that they can to actually protect these sequoias. But what they realized in 1960 is that these sequoias they weren't reproducing new fruit and they couldn't figure it out. Like, why, why is this happening? And so one scientist, he, he figured, hey, he's like, we, we, we see prescribed and controlled burns all around the forest. Let's try it with a small, a small segment of sequoias. So he had a very, very controlled uh, prescribed burn with a few sequoias. And what they realized is that, is that these sequoias are extremely f- fire resistant. They, they, can, they can weather and, and receive I- immense heat and flames and still be okay. What they also discovered is that they have these pine cones about the size of eggs. And, and, and it's not until they receive heat, intense heat, that, the, the, that these little cones are able to open up and release their seed. And so for, for decades, the, these trees were growing and old and majestic, 
but there was nothing new being produced from these amazing sequoias. And so, so they, they discovered, hey, with, with the right element and, and, and the right control and, and a, a good prescribed burn, we, we can successfully burn around these trees, all, all of the dead stuff, all of the things that, that choke out new life. And we can open up these pine cones, let new seed drop out. A healthy sequoia can drop up to 300,000 seeds, staggering, and new life can come forth. I believe for some of you, for whatever reason, you have not been around the heat and the fire of the Holy Spirit. You've been living a Christian life in a version of, of being religious, but you not allowed the Holy Spirit to get close to you, close enough where, where the things in your, of your heart, the things of your life can open up and the Holy Spirit can get in there and begin to drop fresh seeds so new life can come forth. For some, you're like, I've been the same, I've been the same person for the past two years and four years and five years. Nothing's changed in my life. Nothing's changed spiritually. Life has got harder, but nothing has changed. And I'll say that you need to subject yourself to the fire, the controlled burn of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we experience the benefit of, 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 a, of a controlled burn because it, again, it's not us that controls it. It's the Holy Spirit led by, the, led by our Heavenly Father. And when God is in control, all things are good. All things are good. So we're gonna have a time in just a moment to pray to ask for the Holy Spirit just to, to come into us more. And I want you to prepare your hearts and minds for more of the Holy Spirit. I understand this is a big topic for some. I am stretching you, but we grow when we stretch. We grow when we stretch. We grow when we allow ourselves to get a little closer to the heat and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I pray that you just settle this word in hearts. I pray you settle this word in hearts, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't get caught up on theology. Pray that we wouldn't get caught up on different, different iterations of, of how we understand your Holy Spirit. But Lord, I pray that as your Spirit speaks to us in this very moment, that God, we would be responsive and open to you. That God, as you, as you subject us to, to the flames and the fire of your Holy Spirit, God, I pray may we not pull back thinking it's gonna burn us, but God, I pray may we lean in knowing that that heat and that fire is good for us. It's good for our soul. It's good for our spirit. So God, we lean in. We lean in, God. We want to produce new fruit. God, we want to see new things come forth. God, we want to burn out the rubbish, God. Burn out everything that, that chokes out new life. God, we want to lean in so that God, your spirit can come. God, your spirit can help produce new fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name. So Father God, I pray may there be a surrender in the room, a letting go. God, like, like, like pine cones, I pray. May we open up, God, and let go. May new sea come forth in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray that you cultivate a hunger. God, I pray, I pray right now that there would just be a, a, an appetite for the things of you, that God, for some mysteries and, and why, why they've been stuck spiritually, God, you, you are enlightening minds bringing fresh revelation, greater understanding that this is why there needs to be an ingredient of the Holy Spirit active in their lives. So Lord, I pray may that happen in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Church, we're gonna stand up. As we stand up, we're gonna go into worship one more time. And I encourage you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. By lifting up your hands, you're saying, Heavenly Father, I wanna subject myself to the heat and the fire that you have. God, your Holy Spirit is good. It's, it's the third part of the Trinity. It's a vital part of, of who I am and what I do as a Christ follower. So God, I'm open to the things of you, God. 
I want more of you. So let's worship one more time and receive more of our Heavenly Father, more of His Spirit.